Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life, immerse myself in natural beauty, and have unique experiences. But you don't have to leave the U.S. to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures. Visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island, it becomes part of you. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. Puerto Rico, where visits end, but stories last forever. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. When I found out I was going to be a parent, I immediately felt a lot of anxiety and worry. So I went on to BetterHelp to try to look for a therapist to help me with that. My relationship with my family and with my boyfriend and with myself were suffering. I really needed help. I was ruminating a lot. Really getting those thoughts out to a therapist and getting feedback was just life-changing. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, visit BetterHelp.com stuff today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash stuff. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark, and with me as always is Charles W. Chuck Bryant. Uh, he's giving me the A-OK symbol, so we're all <laughs> set to go. And we have a bowl full of dinosaurs in front of us. Pants are off. Pants are off. Mics are on. Uh, yes. That should be our motto. All of our... <laughs> should be. That would oh, look great on a t-shirt. It sure would. Um, the, the, all of our open wounds have been treated according to the step-by-step process included in this article. Yeah. Did you read that sidebar? <laughs> I did. It's gruesome. Yeah. And you know what? This is like... This kind of thing can strike fear into you when it's in the news, which it has been lately in Georgia and nationwide. But um, it's rare, and we can't say that enough. True. So don't freak out, and don't start slathering yourself with uh, antibacterial gel. True. And um, to the writer's credit, it is pointed out in this article, it's like 500 cases of this a year. Worldwide, right? I didn't get that either way. Oh, really? Still, even in the U.S. Sure. Now in, like, maybe uh, Andorra, that'd be huge. Yeah, true. Um, but, Chuck, after researching this, flesh-eating bacteria scares the tar out the of beep. me. The beep! Out of you. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. We can't beep any longer. It's sad. You just did, man. You <laughs> just found a workaround. <laughs> Chuck just said beep, so that's not the same thing. Yeah, it's it's pretty scary because it's... Um, Silent and it can cre- silent the silent killer. Violent. Like it can creep up on you, and in the case of Amy Copeland, who we'll get to sadly, like she was going to the hospitals for three days before they diagnosed it. Yeah, and by that time it was too late. Right, um, not too too late because she survived, obviously. But yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. I was reading an article about her, and she's just like tough as nails. They said like it's incredible. We're gonna have to amputate your leg, and she said like let's do this. Yeah, is what she said. I know. And she couldn't even talk. She mouthed it. I know. So, Far braver than me. I would have right. been like, let's end this. Right, exactly. You know? Unplug me. I'm such a wuss. Right, yeah. I heard um, now that she's up and about, the first thing she did was take like a half-gallon shot of scotch and punch out a doctor <laughs> just for fun. All right, so we'll get to her uh, tragic but inspiring story. Okay. Um, I was going to use her as an intro. Oh, go ahead then. All right. So, we'll uh, get to it right now. Amy Copeland, she's... um. 
24. She's a Georgia lady. Um, and she was on a zip line at a friend's house and fell off. I don't know if the zip line broke or if she let go or whatever, but it I was, think it was a malfunction. It was in a, it was over like a ravine creek mm-hmm. over some brackish water. Yeah. And in brackish water, actually in all fresh water, there is a bacteria called Aeromonas hydrophilia or ahydrophilia. Yeah. And it's everywhere. Normally, if you ingest a little bit of this, you sw- it's through swallowed water. Sure. And it gives you the poops. Just diarrhea, though. That's it. Yeah. The reason why just diarrhea is because you have whole colonies of bacteria and antibodies in your stomach that are designed specifically to take on ahydrophilia. Right. And put the smack down on it. It's yeah. part of your immune system, right? Thankfully. The thing is, with Amy Copeland... She had a gash in her leg from when she fell. Yeah. And the bacteria got in that way. And that is a, a whole different host of problems. Exactly. All of a sudden. Your body is not used to fending off bacteria through wounds. Yeah. And there are certain types of bacteria, which are generally known as flesh-eating bacteria, that basically mounts the largest, most vicious, virulent campaign of any bacteria around. In your human body. This is what I didn't quite get, though, because you did this part as additional research, which I appreciate. But I'm not quite sure. Is it a dummy attack is going on? You want to get into this? This is how flesh-eating bacteria Yeah, works. I mean, we might as well go ahead and tackle this, and then we'll finish up Amy's story and get into it. Okay, so um, what happens What happens is mm-hmm. the bacteria, which is, again, a- ahydrophilia, it's everywhere. Yeah. And we're, our bodies are used to it. Right. Strep. The same uh, group A strep, streptococcus A. Yeah. That's what gives a strep throat. Sure. It's everywhere. 15 to 30% of people are carriers, right? These things are everywhere. And normally when they get into our body through normal channels, our body knows how to ward it off. When they come in through a wound, you have potentially big trouble. Um, And these bacteria are capable of producing um, toxins. There's uh, enterotoxins. Yeah which are cytotoxins, meaning like they directly go and like kill cells. They like weaken the membrane or something like that. So um, they can go and attack tissues. And then uh, another thing that they might express genetically is um, exotoxins. Right. These are the ones where if you if you have a bacteria that expresses exotoxins. That's good, right? No. That, I thought that prompts the immu- immune response. It does. The problem is, is these bacteria are... Are prompt are setting off almost. It seems like purposefully, right? An immune response from your T cells. Oh, okay. But it's too big, and this huge response comes about, and it's like this big lumbering, clumsy response from your T cells. So your T cells are going haywire because this basically dummy attack has been launched by this bacteria to distract the T cells. So this is what I don't get. Are they are the T cells attacking the wrong thing? The T cells aren't attacking anything. The T cells going on high alert signal the production of cytokines. Okay. Which are like signals. They're like triggers, like histamines are. They're an immune yeah. response trigger. Cytokines yeah. are. The cytokines in turn um, overproduce or overexcite uh, macrophages. And those things go and like eat cell detritus or detritus. <laughs> actually, I listened to the pronunciation. It's actually detritus. Okay. So it eats cell detritus. Yeah. So they're going haywire. And then um, 
last but not least, they promote the release of free radicals, which normally go and target bacteria, but in this huge, undirected immune response that this bacteria has purposefully triggered, Uh um, the free radicals are attacking all this tissue. So you have cytotoxic um, enterotoxins that the bacteria is producing directly. And then it's also indirectly affecting this healthy tissue by promoting the release of free radicals. It does seem purposeful. It it very much Like it it sits around and reads The Art of War and decides this is how I'm going to take you down. Exactly. And, And it works like a charm. So you have your tissue that's being destroyed, right? Yeah. Which is where you get the, the term necrotizing fasciitis, which is the the correct term for um, flesh-eating bacteria. That's right. And um, you, it also promotes something called toxic shock syndrome. Is that when your organs start shutting down? That's part of it. Wow. Yeah. All right. Well, that makes sense. And that's scary. And the scariest part of all this is that it starts out by something really tiny, like... It can be a pinprick right. of an open wound. It doesn't have to be some big gash on your leg. And it starts out as something small and turns into something big, right. uh, which is really scary. And, you know, if you if you have a cut on your hand or on your leg and you've actually, if, even if you haven't been in any kind of brackish water, if you just, if it starts to hurt a lot worse than you think it should, then it's probably not one of the 500 cases, but you should probably start looking into it. Well, what was surprising to me was it doesn't even have to be a cut, man. It could be an abrasion, a bruise. Yeah, how could a bruise? I don't get that. I, I don't know if your skin is thinned out at that site. Really? Like so thin it can just get through the uh, the outer dermis? Maybe. Wow. Um, but yeah, you can, and, and it doesn't just have to be, like you said, brackish water. Like if you have a cut, an open wound on your finger, yeah. and you're around somebody with strep throat. Yeah. You could conceivably, all, every, all the stuff is in place for you to, to contract necrotizing fasciitis. And it can go person to person for sure, but without an open wound, it's pretty unlikely. Right. Like that's how they get in. Yeah. And they eat the fat, they eat the tissue, and then they start to consume your organs. Right. And the reason uh, the flesh-eating bacteria is... Clinically, the clinical term is necrotizing fasciitis, which means the killing of fascia. Right. Fascia is like this membrane that acts as connecting tissue between your skin and fatty layer and your muscles and joints and tendons and ligaments and bones and organs. Yeah. And it's this uninterrupted membrane that covers your entire body beneath your skin. It's like um, one of those, uh, what are they called? That one guy sent it to us. We have a green screen one. Oh, the... Uh, root suit. Yeah, the body suit. It's like a root suit. Yeah. But it's be- between your skin and your muscles. Right. This is where this infection takes place. And since it's uninterrupted, it can go everywhere. It just basically chugs along and separates your skin from your muscles by killing all the tissue around it. Well, and the other scary part is it's really, really, really fast. Yeah. Like... This football player from the University of Tulsa died in a week. Yeah. Uh, big, healthy, tight end, you know. Like, you don't have to be weak and you don't have to be old or a child. Like, it can attack anyone that gets it and take you out pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, in, in just a matter of days, like you said, it can go from a pinprick to, you know, you just lost your leg. Yeah. Well, which is what happened with Amy Copeland. I mean, it's a miracle that she's alive right now. Yeah. But uh, she ended up having her... Uh, Left leg 
completely amputated. Um, her right foot, both of her hands, and part of her torso. God. And she got out of the hospital and, like, I mean, it took a while, but then I think two or three days later, she was already had taught herself how to eat. This company has uh, uh, thrown in to build like a thirty, forty thousand dollar addition to our home nice. for like rehabilitation and stuff. Uh. And uh, yeah, pretty amazing. Like her, her spirit. Her dad has been um, posting like yeah. crazy on like Facebook and on yes. her website. They started and she's a bad mamma jamma. Way better than me. She's tough. Yeah, yeah, very inspiring. Hey, everybody, it's time you heard about Squarespace. Squarespace has the tools you need to create and sell your own website, whether it's an online course or custom merch. Squarespace has you covered. That's right. Courses is a great program. You can start with a professional layout that fits your brand, upload video lessons to teach techniques and skills, and tailor your course with a powerful Fluid Engine editor. That's right. With Fluid Engine, which is a next-generation website design system, by the way, it's never been easier for anyone to unlock unbreakable creativity. That's right. And don't forget the commerce side, because after that, you can charge a one-time fee, or you can even sell a subscription. Yeah. So turn your creativity into income with Squarespace courses. And right now, go to squarespace.com stuff for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use offer code STUFF to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Squarespace. You know, true love is always being excited from the first moment you see one another. And every time after that, it's taking long walks together in the summer or gazing longingly into each other's eyes and watching their tail wag when they chase a squirrel in the yard. Well, the pedigree brand asked about believing in love at first sight. And honestly, the answer is yes. Uh, as everyone knows from listening to this show, we have pulled all of our dogs off the street that Emily and I have had over the years, either right off the street or through a local shelter and working with them. And they've all become valued family members. And we think they've appreciated it, too. Yeah, Chuck, there is a pedigree loyalty survey that found that 90% of first-time dog owners report having a dog improved at least one of their relationships, and 80% of first-time dog owners are overwhelmingly more likely to have made at least one new connection as a result of getting a dog. And 95% of all dog owners say that the bond they have with their dogs is closer than they ever expected. Not a big surprise. That's true. We all know that adopting a dog can lead to a lifetime meaningful connection and real love can exist between a pet and a pet parent. You got that straight. Pedigree is committed to helping more dogs find loving homes. Opening your home to a dog can help open your heart. And Love at First Sight is closer than you think because it's available at your local dog shelter. Yeah, very important point. You can find love at first sight with the Pedigree Adoption Drive from June 7th to June 9th. And the Pedigree brand will reimburse your dog adoption fees nationwide. That's right. So just visit pedigree.com slash adoption dash drive to learn more and see full terms and conditions. Um, so when, let's say if, uh, what's also crazy, Chuck, it's not just her. There was another dude from Cartersville, Georgia. I heard about who that. Who had another uh, necrotizing fasciitis case yeah and they were actually in the rooms next to one another at one wow. point they're at uh, i think a burn center in augusta was it because this place is like one of the one of the few places in georgia that like knows what they're doing with necrotizing fasciitis right um and so you know how do you treat this thing well the first thing you do once it's diagnosed is like huge huge heavy doses of antibiotics yeah 
to obviously to try and kill it, but like we're not talking like pop a pill every six hours. No, like constant drip, just basically yeah. flooding your body with it. Um, and I- immunoglobin, globin, <laughs> immunoglobin. Jerry thought that was funny. Yeah, I heard. Uh, so they want to remove like any of the dying flesh and try and try and isolate it and remove the bad parts, which is what they were doing with her. And it, it just spread so quickly. You know, they were like fighting a really uphill battle in her case. I read a uh, case study. Have you seen any pictures of this stuff? Um, no. Mm. So I read a case study of this uh, woman who came in and she had it in her arm. And um, you could just, first of all, her arm is swollen. It was like Cabbage Patch Kid's arm. Yeah. But then there's like splotches of like purple uh-huh. and then splotches of black. Yeah. And then um, what's called desquamation, where like the top layer of skin is just peeling off. And all of this had happened to her like over the course of hours. Yeah. And as they were treating it, one of the things that they'll do before amputation is called debridement, uh-huh. where basically they take the, the limb that's infected or the area that's infected, and they just scrape the, the tissue off. Yeah, I read about that. Um, I saw a picture of it. It's horrific. Yeah, I didn't look at the pictures. Um, and then after that, they have to treat it with skin grafts. Uh, after after it's been after they got all of it, hopefully, if they well, can't get it. Well, that's what she it, did on her torso. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And if they can't get it, then they amputate. Wow. Yeah. It's a pretty serious condition. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So what to look out for? We said if you have like a a smallish wound that's like disproportionately painful, you should go on high alert. If it becomes like swollen and red and hot, mm-hmm. that's a really bad sign. Uh, if you get Typical things you might associate with bacteria and uh, bacterial infection, like diarrhea and fever and chills, uh, nausea and vomiting. Mm-hmm. That's a really bad sign too, especially if you have just a small cut in your arm. So that nausea, vomiting, all that stuff could be the result of um, the infection. It could also be the infection leading to toxic shock syndrome. Right. Which in and of itself is pretty interesting. Uh, apparently, we've only known about that since 1978. Really. Yeah. Um, do you remember like associating it with tampons? No. Well, when it first came out, like almost all of the case studies of this toxic shock syndrome, which is like uh, basically your organ multi-organ failure, which is three or more, uh-huh. um, lowered blood pressure, all this other stuff. Um, they, all of the cases were of people who were using like high absorbency tampons. They were women. Then they started to look more and more and they realized that that didn't hold true when you looked at more of the case studies or a lot of men and everything. And now they realize that it's the result of an infection. So like the lower bro- blood pressure right. is like your body mounting this huge immune defense. And um, so histamines are released. So your blood vessels dilate. So your blood pressure decreases to a, a really dangerous level. Wow. It's basically your body having this enormous allergic reaction Jeez. to an infection. And it had nothing to do with tampons. No, it did. It still did, but they oh. thought it was just tampons oh, okay. that triggered toxic shock. Wow. Yeah, even still, there's like warnings on boxes, I think, that oh, really? say like toxic shock syndrome warning. Jeez, that's pretty but, scary. Yeah, I had older sisters. <laughs> I did too, but I didn't get in her business. <laughs> um, so in the first 24 hours, you know, you're going to feel these pains. Um, the second 20, uh, I'm sorry, three to four days in, um, there's going to be some swelling and that's when you might get this purpley rash or like 
blisters uh, that are filled with a dark fluid. That's not a good sign at all. And um, your skin, even at that point, even three to four days in, might start to flake off and uh, turn white or dark. And that is definitely a bad sign. That's the disquamation. Um, then four to five days in, that's when the toxic shock happens. And you're pretty lucky if you haven't been treated at this point to, to make it out alive. All right. Toxic shock alone, 50% of cases are fatal. With um, flesh-eating bacteria overall, 30 to 40, I saw 25 is the lowest. 25 to 40% of cases are wow. fatal. Uh, so should we talk about wound care? Sure. <laughs> I've never cleaned a wound like this. Well, then you haven't been cleaning your wounds correctly. This is one of the ways to prevent uh, flesh-eating bacteria. That's right. You want to flush your wound with cold water initially, no soap. And in fact, you don't even want to get soap into the wound, apparently. You want to clean around it with uh, with soap and a cloth and then... Get some alcohol and uh, put it on your tweezers. Use the tweezers to clean out any gunk that's in there. In the wound site. Yeah. You don't I, want to I've stick never your stuck in there. tweezers in one of my cuts, ever. Well, that means you didn't have anything in there. Or you did and you didn't know it. I, no, I, I didn't. I was like, I'm not putting tweezers in there. <laughs> uh, then you want to uh, apply a bandage if it's a place that can be exposed to dirt. And they say to ask a doctor whether or not to bandage because... Sometimes wounds are better unbandaged and heal quicker. Sometimes uh, they're better bandaged. And then the old antibiotic ointment yeah. will we'll always do you right. And don't forget the... Well, yeah. I, I almost always put a Band-Aid on. Do you really? I've never had a wound where I'm like, oh, I probably shouldn't put a Band-Aid a on. symbolic there. Band-Aid? Right. <laughs> um, what else you got? Oh, I've got some other stuff like risk factors. Um, you can be totally healthy just from the... Um, badness of Amy Copeland. I assume she's probably a healthy person. Yeah. I think a I lot think of so. people typically are healthy. Um, so you can still come down with flesh-eating bacteria, necrotizing fasciitis, as a healthy person. Um, but there are some risk factors that that would put you in the uh, higher likelihood camp. Um, if you've had an infection recently, especially one with a rash, like chicken pox, yeah. that, that's one. Cuts, abrasions, those are big ones. Um, steroid use, you don't want to be using steroids anyway, but even if they were prescribed, yeah, there's a lot and of you have a cut medications that are good. I think steroid, um, steroids prevent cuts from healing as fast. Is that what it is? So I think those two combined make you at a higher risk if your immune system is lower. Sure. Like um, if you've just been sick, maybe. Yeah. Uh, diabetes is a big one. Oh yeah? Yeah. Uh, and then if you are a black tar heroin user, there have been outbreaks of um, necrotizing fasciitis among heroin users before. There was one in the late 90s in San Francisco. Really? And black tar in particular uh, sets you up for it because it's like this lower purity heroin that's gummy. It's gummier than regular heroin. Uh-huh. So it collapses your veins like almost immediately. So people who shoot black tar heroin... Do what's called skin popping, where they shoot it just under the skin or into their muscles. Gross. Um, and then because it's not the least bit refined, that's why it's gummy, um, there's often impurities. And sometimes some of those impurities are clostridia, which is a kind of bacteria that can be a flesh-eating bacteria. So basically, if you're shooting black tar heroin, you're running the risk of directly injecting flesh-eating bacteria. And there's people who have lost arms, shoulders, ribs to flesh-eating bacteria. 
by shooting black tar heroin. I, I think the stuff you should know advice is to not do heroin. Let's just go ahead and just throw that out there. Sure. I, I could get behind that. <laughs> You're avoiding a whole host of problems yeah. if you don't do heroin. Yep. The H. So what else can you do to prevent it? Uh, well, keep the wounds clean, uh, wash your hands a lot, and that means warm water and soap and like 15 to 20 seconds of good scrubbing like you're going into surgery. Mm-hmm. Get between the fingers, dry it off really well, and then after you dry it off, don't go and put your hand back on the faucet right. to turn it off in a public bathroom or even your own bathroom. Yeah. Although, I don't know if I would do that in my own home. Uh, no, I think your own home's okay. Yeah. I feel like there should be some sort of, I mean, it could lead to a rise in superbugs, but we already face those, so what, what do we have to lose? But I feel like there should be more um, cleaning products handy in, like, public bathrooms. Uh, well, there are increasingly. You see those little hand sanitizer machines No, I mean, now. like, here's a bottle of, like, bleach water, and just go ahead and spray <laughs> that toilet seat, or... Well, I'm not, like, a Howard Hughes type, but I I definitely... After I wash my hands in the bathroom in public, like, I don't put my hand on the door handle or anything like that. I always try and muscle my way out or put a paper towel between me and the thing. I'm extremely conscious of that, too, especially at the gym. Yeah, I've been more conscious about it. Which pops up with your character in an episode in our TV show that's coming out. (laughs) That's right. Um, A little uh, teaser? Yeah, big teaser right there. That's true. You got anything else? Uh, no, I mean, the Amy Copeland story has been, uh, prominent lately, obviously, and they are accepting donations. And I think we would be oh, remiss good. if we didn't announce that. Um, she spells her name A-I-M-E-E, so it's, uh, dot com <clears throat> slash donations. And just go to the website anyway, and just, her story's on there, and her progress is on there, and yeah. it's, uh, both frightening and inspiring in her case, so. Uh, it's definitely, I think that triggered our uh, desire to do this, right? Or did it? Well, yeah. I mean, just that, not only that, but it seemed that uh, nobody really had a good idea of um, what flesh-eating bacteria does. A bunch of lousy local news reports. Yeah. And, I mean, not even local. Like, the national stuff, too, is like, you know... Um, really misinformed like they're like it eats through your tissue it doesn't eat through your tissue no nobody dug into how it really works it was yeah. very frustrating you know why because it's way easier just to scare people with things with non-facts right but this is one of the ones where it was like the more i looked into it the more scared i became even yeah, well people are lazy yeah you know true love is always being excited from the first moment you see one another and every time after that, it's taking long walks together in the summer or gazing longingly into each other's eyes and watching their tail wag when they chase a squirrel in the yard. Well, the pedigree brand asked about believing in love at first sight. And honestly, the answer is yes. Uh, as everyone knows from listening to this show, we have pulled all of our dogs off the street that Emily and I have had over the years, either right off the street or through a local shelter and working with them. And they've all become valued family members. And we think they've appreciated it, too. Yeah, Chuck, there is a pedigree loyalty survey that found that 90% of first-time dog owners report having a dog improved at least one of their relationships, and 80% of first-time dog owners are overwhelmingly more likely to have made at least one new connection as a result of getting a dog. 
And 95% of all dog owners say that the bond they have with their dogs is closer than they ever expected. Not a big surprise. That's true. We all know that adopting a dog can lead to a lifetime meaningful connection and real love can exist between a pet and a pet parent. You got that straight. Pedigree is committed to helping more dogs find loving homes. Opening your home to a dog can help open your heart. And Love at First Sight is closer than you think because it's available at your local dog shelter. Yeah, very important point. You can find love at first sight with the Pedigree Adoption Drive from June 7th to June 9th. And the Pedigree brand will reimburse your dog adoption fees nationwide. That's right. So just visit pedigree.com slash adoption dash drive to learn more and see full terms and conditions. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There's still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI, and Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI and revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more, while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, oh, I've got a little more. All right. I got one more. So... Like, it wasn't until 1952 that somebody used the term necrotizing fasciitis, and we really started to understand that it was bacteria mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, but the uh, we knew about it since the Civil War. Wow, that's crazy. What did they call it, though, in the Civil War? Uh, well, they used to name it according to the doctor who reported it. Um, so, like, and, and it was also based on the area of the body that, it was infected. So, like, if you had Fourniers or Fourniers gangrene, uh-huh. it meant that you had flesh-eating bacteria around your genitals. If you had wow. Ludwig's um, angina, it meant you had flesh-eating bacteria around your face or mouth or jaw. Really? Yeah, and then they figured out, like, oh, wait, we should classify it by the kind of bacteria and that these are not separate things. Like, this is all the same thing. These people just had, like, a cut around there that this got into. Boy, you're in big trouble back then, too. Oh, yeah. If you're in big trouble now, imagine back then. Pretty scary. Yeah. Well, the first guy to describe it was a Confederate Civil War surgeon named Joseph Jones. Really? And I'm sure he was like, I can't do anything for you, man. Right. He retired to the country. Yeah. So that's it. Flesh-eating bacteria. Um, If you want to learn more about it, you can type that in, flesh-eating bacteria. Uh, and into the search bar at HowStuffWorks.com, and that will bring up listener mail. I am going to call this, uh, we love the Irish, as always. Uh, Josh and Chuck and Jerry, just a short note from an old geezer uh, living in Limerick in Ireland, uh, who is one of your most devoted fans. For the last number of years, when walking my dogs every Sunday on the mountains of Ireland, and alpine areas occasionally, I'm listening to stuff you should know on the iPod. Uh, my biggest problem is that I've not been able to source a set of earphones that will suit my border collies, uh, who as cool, intelligent beasts would easily tune into you laid-back southern dudes. So he wants his dogs to listen. That's nice. 
Uh, I thoroughly enjoy the show, in particular your easy symbiotic style. And I've recommended it widely. In particular, I enjoyed the Shrunken Head show mm-hmm. because I used to have one. Nice. How, you might ask. Uh, my sister worked in Colombia uh, in the 70s and 80s and brought me home a present of a shrunken head. It looked very real, so the first question I asked was, is it real? No, it's not, she said, but added, if you really want a genuine head, I'll bring one next time. Needless to say, I declined, which was a big mistake. Seriously. Uh, the original head is still hanging behind the bar of a pub on the west coast of uh, Clare. Is that County Clare? County Clare. All right. That's what they do in Ireland. CO. CO. And that is from Mike Keys, uh, and then Judy and Glenn are the dogs. <laughs> he named his dogs Judy and Glenn. That's very nice. That's very he sweet. like a nice couple from the 50s. I know, and he's just marching around Ireland listening to us. Awesome. With, with his shrunken head around his neck, I guess. Well, keep marching, Glenn and uh, Judy and... Mike is the human. Mike yeah. the human. Thank you very much for writing in on behalf of all three of you. It's pretty cool. Um, so this one was a Yumi request. If you have a request, we want to hear it. We're always looking for good topic suggestions. Um, you can tweet to us at SYSK Podcast. Topic request is less than 140 characters almost every time. Yep. Uh, you can join us on Facebook.com slash Stuff You Should Know. Unlimited characters there. Or you can send us an email to StuffPodcast at Discovery.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Hey, if you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon as low as $25 a month every month, taxes and fees included. Use promo code STUFF. 20 to receive $20 off your first month for listening to this podcast. Switch now at Visible.com. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. The Visible monthly rate is $25 per month. Childproofing people's homes is hard, but Duracell is making it just a bit simpler. Not only are they committed to educating parents, caregivers, and medical professionals about the importance of battery safety, they make the only lithium coin batteries with a non-toxic bitter coating to help discourage children from swallowing them. Duracell even features child-secure packaging designed to avoid accidental opening. Learn more at Duracell.com slash power safely. Available on 2032, 2025, and 2016 sizes.